Good morning, because I don't know when you're listening, so I guess that would be good timing. This is Ren, and it is another week, week, my second week of recording um, for January 2021. I am not going to get political in the sense that, uh, in the sense that I'm going to like, I don't know enough about poli-sci or who's who in the government and the dates of things to really get too political, but I do feel like, like last week, the last week's events at the Capitol sparked some really interesting conversations, especially among the spiritual community, which is something that I wanted to bring up. Um, And this idea that... Oh, this idea that it's like this pull your your it's like a bootstraps mentality, but with spirituality and trauma. And I was realizing that I think that people don't understand a balance. And I obviously that's always the problem is balance. I mean, how many times have you gotten a tarot reading and every single time it's like, this thing needs to be balanced. Well, it's always going to be balanced. That's one of the reasons why I even, I was doing like a card a day and sometimes I'll still, I definitely still will, um, especially if I need like more specific direction. But sometimes I know that it's just, it's more up to me to like sit and journal and reflect and think, okay, well, what areas of my life am I noticing personally imbalance? And if I want to, I can pull some cards and see if they confirm. And I like doing things that way. Um, but, and some, you know, and sometimes I will do the opposite where I pull a card and I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even look at this area of my life. And that's definitely something that needs balance. And I bring that up because of, oh, this, uh, I feel like there's so many conversations that came to this point, but I guess this idea of uh, being being okay with discomfort and being triggered, and then also this idea of like, well, not using trigger warnings and making a point to make people uncomfortable. I think that is where the balance needs to be. I think that yes, you cannot always be comfy. I think that that is a wild expectation on the world. <laughs> I'm a, I am very Taurus. I love my comfort, but I honestly kind of love discomfort. When I went to school, um, a lot of my studies uh, revolved around Southern Gothic literature. I love Southern Gothic literature because it is uncomfortable. I think it is uncomfortable in a very charming way. Uh, it's in this way that somehow just pulls at my heartstrings, and that's also what adds to the discomfort. But I don't think that means I'm. I'm trying to think of exactly how I want to say this. I want to say that. I think for me and a lot of the trauma that I've ever experienced, yes, it was not having trigger warnings, being forced into 
a room of extreme discomfort, uh, you know, a situation of extreme discomfort in a safe environment. And, and I mean like being in a film class and watching a scene in a film. And I was with a favorite professor with students that I really liked and I saw as my friends. So I knew I was safe and was put into an intensely triggered state where all of a sudden I'm having tons of flashbacks of trauma and how I think that, that was good. I do think that 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 eventually became a good experience because I was able to pinpoint what exactly bothered me and it wasn't I think it's easy to look at content or read content experience you know something and think oh well obviously it's and I'm just going to uh, use a vague one that is not that topic but you know a murder and uh and say well obviously I'm uncomfortable because of the murder but it's more difficult and I think really advantageous to pick apart a thing and think yeah but what what specifically about this what about the way the story was told what about the way I experienced this story what about the 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 killer or the victim um, disturbed me or was it even was it even a location was that the thing that bothered me I think that those things are really important and oftentimes I think that those things do much more for us than just forcing yourself into some kind of shock you know retelling of of a trauma um, and I watch sometimes some people almost it's like they're getting off on retelling their trauma graphically and triggering other people and it's because they have like this self-exalted view of like oh but if I can do this and I'm not bothered then they're being bothered then I'm more advanced than them which isn't really the case but it's it's not that it's not the case either my, my point with that being just that it's it doesn't mean that you are you've handled your trauma better and it doesn't mean that you haven't handled your trauma better either it just means you're handling it differently it means that you're in a different situation and you're in a different place of your coping than somebody else so then when i see people who do this also bring up the fact that like well they aren't going to use trigger warnings and that is a whole you know that's a whole thing um sometimes i don't i don't i don't do trigger warnings on these on my podcasts and part of the reason is that i don't always know what i'm going to say beforehand but if i'm going to preface if i'm going to say something that is going to be about a childhood trauma or something a little bit more specific then I will say okay but this is going to be about such and such thing so skip a little bit if you don't want to hear about it but I don't often do that and I but I don't like do a trigger warning at the head of the thing anyway just trigger warnings themselves are not meant to give someone it's not a trigger warning is not meant to be like a a a door 
that's what that's how I see it anyway I don't feel like a a trigger warning is a will come in or don't um but I, I how I described it to somebody else recently was like it's more like a a synopsis when you're on Netflix you know do you want to read that okay you read the blurb of this book well now you know a little bit more about what it's about maybe you liked the artwork and now you're like yeah but I don't not really into these kinds of stories then you don't have to do it um, and I don't think that it is about just being comfortable I think that it is about preparing yourself for what's coming so that you're like, okay, I know that this situation is going to happen in the future and I'm going to have to separate myself, disconnect a little bit from the storyline of the characters. You know, I'm, I am not this character. This character is not me. We are not having the same experience. I am not going to I'm going to just brace myself and, and go into this knowing that that's what's about to happen. I think that that is okay. Uh, I think that people that don't, that I don't understand, like, what is this, like, adamant refusal against trigger warnings that is done in an aggressive way, like, an aggressive well, you aren't handling things the way you should because of blank blank. Like, you don't know everybody's boat. No one knows everybody's boat. But specifically, what an actual trigger is, is often debilitating. I mean, if we, we, we see it every single year with PTSD from war vets, uh, every time it's 4th of July, <laughs> you know, like you, you, but they know, yep, come 4th of July, this is going to be maybe possibly triggering. Um, you know, they can, sometimes they can take, you know, necessary, necessary steps in advance in order to make sure that they don't end up into a end up in a really like highly triggered state where they might become hypervigilant or might you know have intense flashbacks they might be able to leave go out of town go out to the country or or just take an extra Xanax beforehand but we don't we don't get mad at veterans for their reactions to fireworks when that just happens because that's what happens with PTSD <laughs> And I brought all of this up because I think that, and I noticed this with myself for sure, for sh like, and I'm not saying this as, as if a thing that it's, as if it's a thing that I do not do, because I do notice that I do this sometimes. But I think that if we all just minded our own business, and by that I mean if we focused on ourselves, and when we want to feel aggressive or upset about somebody else's actions or coping or or anything you know just turn it back to ourselves and wonder you know like oh what is the actual thing that I'm feeling here what is the thing that I'm actually upset by because oftentimes it's just it's just a moment 
it's a moment to pull out that mirror. Oop, I'm gonna take a quick break. And I'm back. Okay. I, this was something that came up because of, well, last week and the storming of the Capitol and how when we see the dialogue of the people that stormed the, the Capitol, it's so much, I mean, there's so much to it. What part of me is thinking like, what are you doing with your time? <laughs> what, why is this how you decided to spend your time? Uh, this is entirely different than the protests of the summer of 2020. That, which I personally feel doesn't feel like it was resolved, was met so violently and, and harshly by our country. But I believe in, in that and then last week was just rioting and terrorism and it made no sense other than to like project these fears onto other people and situations for an outcome that I'm not even sure of. I don't understand what would have been the ideal outcome because it's a situation where if they don't get that outcome, those people are still fine. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, I get to me, it's like, it's, it, 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 and I'm stuttering over here trying to even think about it, but it seems like spoiled child behavior where you, uh, have these people that are throwing a fit about something where in the end it wouldn't really make all that much of a difference. It's like people getting pissed off that they got toast, but the alternate was gonna be pancakes. So like, it's okay. Even if you prefer toast, you know, you're gonna have something that is still bready and still white and still warm and you can put whatever you were gonna put on your toast on your pancake and yeah it's not toast but it's fine that doesn't require rioting at the capitol I'm really mind blown by it oh and I also like can't spend too much time focusing on it because it is just so bewildering that I will end up in this mental state of why <laughs> but why and there's things that we just don't understand about people. There's things that we can't understand fully about people. And we have to instead make a decision. And I think that that is probably one of the toughest things when it comes to people that want to kind of run around in circles with their whys. I mean, I'm one of them. I will totally run in circles with my, but why, but why? And won't understand certain things sometimes about myself. And I have to just either decide the why doesn't matter and uh, treat the symptom, not the source, you know, uh, or and then hope that the source becomes revealed later. Or I have to 
make a decision on it, like a decision of the source. And I say, yep, it's because I'm thinking now of like also snake bites and spider bites. Like what happens if you get bitten by something and you have a rash and an allergic reaction and you don't exactly know what it is? Did you rub up against some poison plant or did you get bitten by something? You don't know. But you do know that you have to take an antihistamine and you got to put some Benadryl on it, you know, some hydrocortisone. And that's at least the first step, at least. And of course, you need to know, is this a spider bite or is this just rubbing up against some poison plant because that will determine whether or not it gets worse or not but then you see over time and observe I do this with myself like last week when we started 2021 uh, I made these habit trackers for my partner myself and my daughter and it was a way to keep us all on track but also because there's that whole breaking the chain thing about hey if I if I see myself doing a thing multiple days in a row, then I am more likely to continue doing that thing. I thought it would be good for my partner and I to do it with my daughter so that we could see if this helps a seven-year-old stay motivated when it comes to things that she has to do, such as tidying her room or brushing her hair. But if she sees my partner exercised every day and she sees that I cleaned for this much time or and I worked on such and such, then she will also like filling out her checklist. And last week, I completely dipped off filling out my checklist. And it was because I didn't want to see the things that I hadn't done. And it took me a bit to realize why am I having so much trouble? Why is this such a struggle? Why can I not get myself to be a better tracker of my time? How am I losing so much time? And... While there were multiple things where part of me wants to be like, maybe my brain just doesn't work that way. Maybe my brain works by tasks, not time. Maybe I'm more of a batcher, a time batcher. Like maybe I can't do 30 minutes to an hour of one of a ton of things every day. Maybe I'm more of a, okay, I need to spend four hours on this thing on Mondays and then four hours on this thing on Tuesdays and then four hours on this thing on Wednesdays. Maybe that's how my time needs to be batched. Another thing was also I did lose my job. And so I thought maybe I'm depressed (laughs) and I'm just not like, like cognitively aware that I'm depressed, but ultimately it doesn't, it does matter, but ultimately I, I can't continue to waste my time mulling over what the source is, mulling over what is actually the problem. And right now I just have to treat the symptom, not the source. So I went back to my planner. I found some other ways to work on my time and found other, just other ways to kind of reframe what I am doing. And one of those things is I have a passion planner. Uh, one of the things that I've always seen as a con of the passion planner is the fact that your weekly spreads have time periods on them. And this is supposed to be for time blocking, especially for people that have a normal nine to five. Well, you can time block and then you can say what you're going to be doing outside of that time or something during that time, like call and make a doctor's appointment and whatnot. And I've never been good at that. And I had said to somebody, I think this is a con. I feel like I should be able to put my own time into it. And I want to, I want to say how much time a thing is, or I don't care how much time a thing is. If I'm going to work on 
this book that I'm going to publish at the end of January. If I'm going to work on my book, I want to be able to just work on it. And if it takes an hour, okay. And if it takes three hours, okay. I want to be able just to knock off worked on book in my planner. But then I was noticing that I keep not doing other things that I need to do. And so today I'm trying it out. I'm trying out using the little time slots and actually scheduling out my day. And then I'm going to see what worked and what didn't work. There are some things that I noticed from last week that I had trouble with. And now I can use that to better manage my time for today. And then I can see today, okay, well, what things took longer than I thought they were going to take? Or what things took less time than I thought they were going to take? Now I can readjust and know that for tomorrow. Or what was an issue that I saw? And one thing would be resin. If I'm, if I'm pouring resin into molds, it's very hard for me to put a specific amount of time because I don't know what will happen. And it's not a thing where, okay, an hour is up, time to just put it all away because I might need to go through everything and wipe everything down with acetone and de-sticky everything, which is time consuming, but it's something that just has to be done. But now that I know that, I can say, okay, well, I want to do this for an hour, but I'm going to add like 30 minute wiggle room that I might need to add because I might need to soak everything and I might need to use cotton balls and carefully rub the resin off of every single thing in the world with these cotton balls so that it's not all sticky and getting everywhere. You know, you just don't know. But now, now that I know that as part of that process, I can go on to the next thing and have that in mind and be able to better plan the next day. That's kind of how I've been doing things. And I think that that's been helping me also stay motivated because if I have a schedule and I I see that, oh, I'm actually doing this better, that helps me stay motivated and helps me actually do things. I mean, you know, this whole productivity at home, how do we do it? I think there's a lot of different ways One of my ways is also um, noticing that I have different uh, mental associations with things that kind of trigger my work mode. And one of those things is podcasts. I have to hear Karen Kilgariff's voice. Uh, So I'll put on Do You Need a Ride or My Favorite Murder. And I will listen to that to like start my work. And I don't know why she does it for me (laughs) as soon as I hear her voice. I'm just like able to focus and working on stuff. I think it's just because I started listening to My Favorite Murder when the pandemic hit and I had my day job that now it's become one of my working like trigger cues. And there are other ways, you know, that I can I can do this. I could probably do a work playlist, which I've done in the past where every time I put on my work playlist. I was just automatically in it. I was ready to focus. Right now it's podcasts and I like that. Oh, I'm just, I noticed too that last week that, yeah, I also wanted to get into, into that whole mindset of, 
what the hell is wrong with these people? What the hell is wrong with this person? Oh my God, did you see so-and-so's Facebook post? I can't believe that she said that. What the hell is that supposed to mean? You know, like I can, I can see myself getting into those like cycles, but every time I do, I'm <laughs> at the, especially at this point, I'm always like, oh shit. It means that I need to be focusing on, on my own stuff. That's what that means. If I'm doing that, it means I need to be focusing on my own stuff. And it is, because it just becomes this form of emotional escapism, which I think, honestly, is kind of what I think is a big, a big thing from 2020. And I was hoping that it wouldn't lead into 2021, but it probably will, because now people are even more cooped up. And we keep feeling these same things over and over again, because we aren't having as many new experiences as we used to and so people are finding other ways to achieve that emotional escapism I do think though that there are better ways to achieve that emotional escapism I'm going to go ahead and finish this off because as a part of my planner and keeping myself on track I don't want this to be too long because I have my day scheduled out today. Anyway, this is just a friendly reminder that you deserve your attention. <laughs> more than anybody else, more than anything else, you deserve your own attention. There's no reason to give it to other people or spend it worrying about other people and what they're doing. Just worry about yourself. And you can say this meanly, mind your own business. I'm going to mind my own business. I'm going to go handle my own shit. Or you can say it nicely, which is, I love myself so much that I'm going to go give myself a lot more attention instead of giving it away to other things that don't need it. All right. I hope that you have a good week. And I think that by the time we we meet again, it might be pretty close to a Mercury retrograde, which, my goodness, aren't those always so much fun? <laughs> Have a good week.